get a second opportunity at a UFC championship after everything you've been through. You showed a fantastic force tonight. Did you feel going to the decision that you had It's going off. It's going off. It's going off. Welcome back to another week of the Triple C and Schmo Show. I'm the Schmo. My co-host is a two-division champion and Olympic gold medalist, Henry the Messenger Cejudo. Let's get this ball rolling, Schmo, because time is money and money is time. Let's get it rolling. And we shall roll. Did you see Hezbollah at UFC 267, man? Taking all those cheap shots on the legends, on Noguera, on DC. He's now embedded in the UFC culture, in the flesh. Yeah, I tell you speed. what, man. There, there was a, I have always said the only fight that I would come back for was Alexander the Average, Alexander Volkanovsky. But in reality, seeing Hasbula sucker punch all these legends, dude, even though he hangs out with Khabib, he's acting more like Conor McGregor. I would never allow Hasbula to sucker punch Triple C like that. So Hasbula, if you're watching this, you can do me a favor and you can bend me to King Triple C too. And then what'd you make of the scrum he had at the end of the fights with Abdu? They had to be separated, man. They're throwing kicks, they're throwing punches. We almost saw a brawl there. Now, knowing the way this social media stuff is going, Schmo, I think I think Dana White might want to set this up. I think I, I can see them probably being one of the headlines for uh or starting one of the or start or being the start fight of one of the pay-per-view cards. So I think that's a fight in the making. I think, you know, uh, uh, I think the, if the numbers make sense, these guys are both 19 and 20 years old. Man, I would love to see that fight. Hey, the Schmo would love to announce that fight, man. And with that said, let's go to this week's gold medal moment. And we have to start with the two championship fights. We have to start with Pewter Jan and Glover Teixeira. So let's start with this. How impressed were you with Pewter Jan defeating Corey Sandhagen? I tell you what, this fight was, and this is the thing about the Bantamweight division. We saw the main event. We saw a lot of these fights, but the Bantamweight division right now is the most technical, the most ruthless, and the most dangerous division. And the whole UFC, I mean, Pewter Jan and Corey Sandhagen was an amazing fight. And again, they demonstrated a good sense of what mixed martial arts is. I mean, I had I had Corey, Corey Sandhagen in the beginning of the first and second round, he did a really good job being unpredictable, switching stance, kicking him, uh, kind of staying in the pocket, but staying at the right range. But slowly but surely, Piotr Jan, the ugly potato, as he does best, man, he tends to adapt. Once it hits the third, fourth, and fifth round, he becomes a whole new creature. He, his defense comes up to par. He starts to really adjust, and he adjusts to Corey Sanhagen's, you know, the switching of the stats. He started shadowing him more, and he started bringing his hands up just a little bit more, and he wasn't worried about, about that blitz knee that Corey has, Sanhagen was doing. And for that reason, he was able to get the victory. I mean, Corey Sanhagen knew that he had to press him. He knew that he was down two rounds to zero going into the third. So he brought the heat, he brought the pressure, and he ended up getting the victory. It was a great fight, but whoever thought that Corey Sanhagen won, you guys don't know anything about MMA. It was, it was, it was three rounds to two. Unfortunately, say, Peter, the elegant potato, Young won it, and it was an amazing fight, Schmo. 
You could even argue it was four rounds to one, giving Corey Sanhagen the first round. What was so impressive about Pewter Jan, man, is he landed 55% of his strikes and five for six on the takedown defense. So he had that well-rounded game into effect. So with that said, Triple C, has Pewter Jan been the most impressive bantamweight that you've seen since you've relinquished the title? Yes, I will say, and I will admit, yeah, he's dangerous, but this is the thing, Schmo, as nobody's kicking his legs... And nobody's taking him down. You know, it's the same thing when we want to go back and talk about Israel Adesanya. Nobody's kicking his legs. And then finally, when somebody took him down, they become, they become different fighters. So if, if, if Triple C, Henry Cejudo was to fight Peter Yan, those are the two things that I would take away from him. I would kick his legs. Because notice, there's a lot of boxing going on. But I, 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 I don't believe that uh, Corey Sang capitalized as much as he should have with his kicks. And he was able to take he was able to take uh, Jan out with the with he was able to take him down and just imagine a a, a world class Olympic champion wrestler as soon as I get to his legs man it's no mercy and we saw what Chimaev and we saw what Islam did in their fights and how much wrestling and submission grappling is important in a fight I, I I am yet still to see how is it that that Peter Jan's going to do against an elite wrestler like Triple C. Well, Triple C, it sounds like you're chomping at the bit. You start off the show saying that you'd fight Hezbollah, you'd fight Volkanovski. Is there anything that Jan could do that says, hey, Triple C, I want to come back. I want to get this belt. I want to wrestle this guy. I want to do everything oh, I can to get my of belt. Of course, of course. But this is the thing, man. To me, to, for Triple C, it's all about the money. There's some rich billionaire out of Russia that probably wants to see me get beat up in Russia. I say we make it happen. As a matter of fact, I had a good, great conversation with Khabib. And that's all on video. I think I'm going to post it on social media today because, you know, uh, Khabib Mergamanov wants to see it. He thinks Corey Sang is a, big, uh, is a big challenge for myself. But I'm like, Khabib, wrestling is king. And you know that's what's made you successful. I'm going to bring that dude into deep waters and I will take him out. But I want to get paid for it. I want to get compensated, Shmo. I love gold and I love money. Well, hey, the Eagle, he's got his own fight promotion that's been brewing. Maybe that's where it lives, and that's where you get the money, Triple C. Just wanted to say that, so that's a possibility. And then the last thing I want to say on this fight is, if you're Corey Sandhagen, where do you go from here? What's next for Corey Man, Sandhagen? I tell you what, Corey Sandhagen, Corey Sandhagen is still dangerous, Schmo. I mean, this guy still has, I mean, he, he put a, I, again, I have a 3-2. I don't know why you would give uh, uh, Yah maybe that first round if he did something spectacular, but I had a 3-2. Second round. Second round. I, I, I don't schmo. I, I, I think, I think uh, Corey did a good job. I mean, it was three to two. That's the way I see it as, as a bantamweight, as someone that's had the belt. And that, this, is, this is the honest truth. I think he, uh, I think he fights Aljamain Sterling again, or he fights somebody in the top five, and he will slowly but surely get his title fight again. And I think with the right tactics, and, the, and with the right tactics for Corey Sanhagen, and with a little bit of more wrestling... I think he, he, I think he can still become champion of the UFC, and that's hey, a compliment. No I typically don't do that, Schmo, but that's a compliment okay. for you, Corey Sanhagen. I think you're dangerous. I think those are the two things. I think you you got to become a little more tactical, and you got to develop your wrestling, man. Find a good wrestling coach. Find somebody that has an uh, that has an IQ that can show you a couple of takedowns that you're going to become great at. So you can take them down, and this time when you get on top of him, you're able to punish somebody. Yeah, there's no doubt in the Schmo's mind that Corey Sanhagen will be competing for a gold strap again in the near future. Now let's talk about the oldest 
First-time champion in UFC history, Glover Teixeira, getting the job done against Jan Blachowicz. Maybe the Schmo scared away that Polish power by touching the rope after the Izzy fight that we posted <laughs> last week. But, uh, man, Glover Teixeira, fountain yeah. of youth. It's like a movie. He gets the victory. No, it isn't. You know what? I called this Schmo. If he did it, you know, people, people thought did. it was crazy. But I'm like, no, this guy has trained with Chuck Liddell. This guy has fought against the league competition like John Jones. When you're able to go five rounds against guys like that, and you don't just focus. Remember, power is not always a key, Shmo. These are things that you always have to realize. It's the most dangerous thing, but it's not, a, it's not always the key. And the difference was his, his experience that Glover Teixeira had, the fact that he's been there with the best. And, number, and then number two, is it has to be his wrestling. I mean, the guy literally wrestled him to death, and he smothered him. He's a world-class jiu-jitsu player. I mean, that's just a crazy combination. I think I think he's a nightmare for anybody. I think if Izzy decides to go up and fight somebody like over Teixeira, he's in big trouble. Yeah, he was a big underdog with Bet Online. We saw that coming into the week, but man, five fight winning streak extended to six. The guys just fought the who's who in this division to get here this late in his career. But the Schmo wants to say this, not to take anything away, but the Schmo couldn't help but to think after we saw this victory, John Jones is truly the GOAT to this sport. Regardless of all the antics outside of the cage, whatever, John Jones truly is the GOAT of this sport. That's what the Schmo felt after watching this, but hats off to Glover to share. Yeah, and it makes you realize, Schmo, how deep the the fly the I'm sorry, the light heavyweight division is. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like Demetri Johnson was so dominant at the flyweight division. Uh, John Jones was so dominant at the light heavyweight divisions. As soon as these guys leave or take off, it's almost like, man, you start to recognize and see how deep and how tough this division is and how great Demetrius Johnson has been and how great John Jones has been. So, man, you got to give credit where credit is due, Schmo. And if anyone ever doubted the Hall of Fame status of Glover Teixeira, he signed, sealed, and delivered that with his performance in Abu Dhabi. He is a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Is he the I mean, oldest? This guy is a testament. Is he the oldest, Schmo? Is he the oldest uh, uh, UFC champion ever? First-time champion ever, correct. He is the oldest first-time champion ever. I believe Randy Couture was older than him as the heavyweight yeah, champion. God, I love Randy. But, uh, Randy. Randy's my favorite fighter. Just to throw that in there real quick, Schmo. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, of course. You got to tie in the wrestling somehow, right, Triple C? Of course you got to say that. But with Glover Teixeira, man, what I love is he's so, so respectful for the game. He's always training the younger guys, and he's always given credit. He's the nicest guy, man. He's, he's just a class act to be around, and he deserved this moment. He deserved the gold medal moment, and that's why we gave it to him, and he got the victory. So let's move on to the silver medal moment. Who was more impressive to you, Triple C? Was it Hamzat Chemaev or is it Islam Makhachev? Oh, my God. This is so good. They were both impressive to me. But honestly, I'm going to have to go with Hamzat. Hamzat is at another level, man. He really is the boogeyman. I mean, I'm not sure how many fights uh, Kamar Usman has left, man. But that's that's the big. I don't. I I just. I think he's the toughest challenge for Kamara Usman, and not just that. But I think he's an easy. I think he's. An, I think it's an easy fight with him and Israel Adesanya. I really do. Imagine the elite wrestling that Chemaev has, and the attitude and the confidence that he has in this submission game and the ground upon. I mean, this guy is vicious. Just keep in mind. I'm not sure how long the Nigerian Nightmare uh, has in his career. 
But man, that one scares me. That one scares me because he's scary for anybody. But I can see, uh, I can see Chamaya becoming a two division champ in the near future. Shmo, he's the most dangerous guy. Not taking away anything from Islam because Islam is also good too. But just this guy, this man is so much superior. And he's got better stand up than uh, than Islam. He, I, I just feel like he's a little more more uh, well rounded than Islam. So for that reason, I'm gonna have to give Chimaev the silver medal. Triple C, the way you're talking, the way the Schmo's thinking, is this man the greatest prospect in MMA history to date? Hamza Chimaev. He might be. He might be. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to give him second to myself, you know. But uh I think hey, I think he's course. I think I think he He's a modest he guy. You know, a lot of people thought it was Aaron Pico here for a minute in history, but in reality, man, this guy is untouched. You know, don't you know what I'm saying? But in reality, he probably is. He is the greatest prospect in history. You know, people people already had me winning the belt uh, when I went in there at 25 and 35. It tends to happen, but I truly do believe that Shemaev is something special. And you know, Israel Asanya, all these guys at 185, you guys ain't off the hook either because this guy is. A killer. So here's the deal with the wolf, Hamzat Chemaev. This guy in his four UFC fights has only absorbed one significant strike, two strikes overall. That's unheard of. What he did in his first two fights, back-to-back -back within 10 days, and how dominant he was, and then he, what he did to Gerald Murchard, he's not just a wrestler. He knocks him out with that overhand right. Hamzat just did against the leech, Li Jing Leong, the 11th overall guy, man. Putting him down, submitting him, picking him up. Right in front of the boss man, Dana White, who he says Dana White was on his phone, drops him down right in front of his face, <laughs> calling his own shots, man. This guy, it's reminiscent of Conor oh. McGregor, the aura that he has. But he's so different because he's doing it with such a well-rounded game. He's not just knocking guys out. He's submitting guys. He's smothering them with the wrestling. Boars is that scary guy. And we talked about it last week. So we're going to bring Hamzad in. Or sorry, we want to bring Islam back in here. Who's going to... Be fighting for a title quicker. Both these men are one fight away now with this victory for fighting for a title. With Islam, though, for everyone said, oh, he's not deserving to be fighting these guys in the top six, top seven. BS. It's next. And it's just these guys right here, man. I mean, I know it's like throw up a coin in the air. Pick the one you want. Both these guys, I could see them wearing this gold strap on us all. Yeah, it is. And I believe the guy that's going to have the, the, e the easier route to the belt it is going to be Islam because, man, his grappling, neither does Michael Chandler. I'm, I'm sorry, not Michael Chandler. Uh, uh, Oliveira or Poria have any wrestling, like, in comparison to what uh, what Islam brings. So I believe, you know, Kamar Usman, the, Kamar Usman does have wrestling. He does have striking. So it's going to equal out a little bit with him and uh, Chemayev. But... Man, I can I I can see Islam, you know, taking that belt and probably getting to the belt sooner, just because he's been more active than uh, than Chimaev. But God, leave man, the Russian wave is real schmo. And I hate to say it, I've always respect Russians in the sport of wrestling more than any other sportsman in the world, and that says a lot, even more so than Americans. And now they're starting to invade the sport of MMA, man. So you guys lock your doors. And get ready, man, because that Russian wave is real. So just for the record, is there any lightweight on the planet right now that you think could beat Islam Makhachev? <sighs> you, you say lightweight. Uh, yeah, the guy that has the best chance is probably going to be uh, it's probably going to be Michael Chandler, honestly. 
I think if Michael Chandler can can probably defend Islam's wrestling, because Michael Chandler he wrestled Division One, um, and I would say I would say Gaethje, but man, we saw what Ga- we saw what Khabib did, and, and when you're in there, and, and what Khabib did to him, dude, it was just. Uh, I'm just gonna have to, I'm, I, and and Justin's a friend of mine, man. But I'm gonna have to give the edge more to probably Chandler than I would Gaethje, even though I think Gaethje's gonna. I I know that Gaethje's gonna be Chandler, but I just think because of that whole wrestling base, um, I think Chandler has the best shot at beating him. But I still don't think he's gonna beat him. And you just brought up Triple C, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. So that's a great transition to this week's bronze medal moment. What are you? Most looking forward to for UFC 268. We got some amazing fights. We got Chito Vera. We got Frankie Edgar. We have Shane Burgos, Billy Corntillo. We got Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler. We got Rose Nama Nunes. We got Wei Li, too. And we got Covington Usman, too. Man, Triple C, so much good stuff, man. But we got to start with the title fight. We got to start with the title fight. How? Can Covington beat Usman? If Covington's ever going to beat Kamara Usman, he's going to have to beat him with tactics. He's going to have to set him up. You just can't go under against the Nigerian Nightmare and just fight him because Kamara Usman has changed camps and he's a better striker than Kobe. We've seen that against George Masvidal. And like I said, the wrestling is nullified. The Kamara Kamara Usman, guys, we lived lived back in the Olympic Training Center back in the day in 2012. I mean, we're literally trying to, we're Olympic hopefuls back in 2012. And uh, I just don't see him beating out Kobe Covington. I like Kobe. I think his style is relentless. But you're going to need a lot more than being relentless against the Nigerian nightmare. And the Schmo went back. Watched that fight. It was 2-2 for the Schmo going into that fifth round. The one thing we didn't see in that fight that the Schmo wants to see. And you being the fucking Olympic wrestler, you want to see this too, man. We want to see some wrestling. We want to see these two wrestle. I want to see truly, will this nullify? Who's going to get tired the most? Who will get tired first? Both these men switch camps from their first fight. Kobe left American Top Team, went to MMA Masters, has a whole new coaching team around him, different training partners. Obviously, Usman, he left his team in South Florida at Sanford, went to Colorado, working with Gaethje, working with Trevor Whitman, working with all the guys over there. Different camps. Different things. Love this. It's a heated rivalry. Both these guys are the cream of crop in this welterweight division. And man, oh man, what's at stake here? The legacy's at stake here. Because if Usman beats this fight for the schmo, he is the greatest welterweight of all time, surpassing GS. No, of course. But this is the thing, though. You talk about wrestling, schmo. Wrestling. This is. There's a reason why Yoel Romero doesn't wrestle. There's a reason why a lot of the elite wrestlers don't wrestle because when you wrestle, you strike, and you're able to mix all that. Man, fighting becomes more tiring. Like it really does. So I think they're at the level where Kamara Usman and uh, and Kobe Kobe Covington they respect each other's wrestling. They understand that it's it's going to come here. It's, it's going to be no difference. It's going to come to the feet. 
and he knows that if he gasses out because Kobe's going to try to wrestle more, it's gonna, he's going to compensate his hands. It's going to compensate his striking. So for that reason, it's going to be another striking war, and it's just a level of respect. And I understand why they would both do that because there's no there's no need to because if somebody if, if they do get taken down, they're going to be working stand up. They both come from the good school of wrestling. They both wrestled in college for four years. One of them was an All American. The other one was a three time division champ, division two. So for that reason, Schmo is going to come up to the standing, and we have seen the Nigerian Nightmare has improved. He's got better. Better. And for that reason, I see the TKO coming within the first two to three rounds. Yeah, something to keep an eye on for the schmo. If and when Usman and Covington get to that wrestling. And speaking of wrestling, another banger on this card is Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, two former college wrestlers. When do you anticipate to see wrestling and who will shoot first between Gaethje and Chandler? I can I can see Michael Chandler trying to surprise Gaethje with some with some striking. I'm sorry, with some wrestling, but at the same time, it's like Gaethje is no slouch either. I think if anybody would want to expose Justin Gaethje, it's going to be with pressure, take away his leg kick, and then looking for the takedowns. But I believe Gaethje's too smart. I believe Gaethje's at the point where he knows that he just can't be vicious as he is. He can't always be the highlight role. But you can't tame Justin Gaethje. So I think Justin Gaethje's going to take out them legs with them leg kicks. And we've seen it. We've seen Chandler break through those kicks with... Uh... It was Brent Primus, the one who used the leg kicks to beat Michael Chandler. He had that leg calf injury, similar to what you had, Henry Cejudo. But the difference is Chandler, he couldn't finish. He couldn't continue on with the fight. It will be very interesting to see that heavy kicker, Justin Gaethje, utilize that against Iron Michael Chandler. Yeah, Primus. Brett Primus, what he did to Michael Chandler, Justin Gaethje, that's his specialty. He's going to hit him right in the peroneal nerve. And for that reason, Schmo, if Michael Chandler doesn't wrestle Justin Gaethje, he's going to have a short night. Because those kicks that Justin Gaethje throws, he throws with bad intention. He, he's going to take away his mobility, and he's going to slowly put him away. And there's one other big fight that we're going to wait to get to for the King's speech. And with that said, let's now bring into this week's top moment. This week's top moment goes to none other than Kayla Harrison. The two-time Olympic gold champion and now the two-time winner of the PFL tournament. She's undefeated in MMA. She's beating everyone. She's dominating everyone. What is next for the hottest free agent in mixed martial arts? Does she do a LeBron James-like decision? Does she get the bank trumps all rolling up to her house? She's a mother of two as well. She's on top of the world. She is dominating her competition. She can go wherever she wants. She's now made a million dollars twice inside the cage. She's great on the mic. And Cejudo, you can't spell your last name without judo. Just saying. <laughs> That's because I own judo too, Schmo. If you didn't know, I'm the king of that sport too. But if I was in Kayla Harrison's shoes, I would definitely probably re-sign with the PFL because money is real and she is not going to take the UFC's just not going to pay her like the PFL is I mean she's making millions not just a million dollars for the tournament she's making millions schmo but if she really wants to be considered the greatest combat athlete of all time she's gonna have to find a way to get into the UFC because of right now the greatest combat of all time is right here, Schmo, and his name is Triple C, the Olympic champ, the flyweight champ, and the bantamweight champion of the world. 
I mean, there's no death, really. I don't want to take anything for, away from Kayla because she is a two-time Olympic champ. It ain't wrestling, but it is judo. But she needs to fight tougher competition. I mean, she, you can't be fighting girls with 3-0, and 4-1, and 5-2. and two. Like, to me, in my eyes, if she wants to be the best, she has the money, she has the gold, she needs to either, one, sign with the UFC, or two, cross-promote PFL versus Bellator in her fight, Chris Cyborg. I like that name, Chris Cyborg, but you bring up the UFC. There's no rankings in a UFC featherweight division. There's not enough competition, even in her weight class in the UFC. You look at some of the top women in the world, the Valentina Shevchenkos. She's a 125er. Wei Li, Rose, they're 115. Joanna, 115. Just naming a few of the top ones. Amanda Nunez is that fighter. However, they're trading partners. They're under the same roof at ATT. Their children play with each other. Those two, unfortunately, I don't know if we're ever going to see that fight, but that is the fight. And Cyborg, she is one of the all-time greats, but she's getting up there in age. Maybe that fight makes sense, but it's got to be more immediate than anything else. I like what you said. Where's she going to get paid? Because the competition with her weight class, it's few and far between. It makes things interesting, Triple C, just saying. No, it does. It does. Well, there's options for it, but if I was, I know Chris Cyber would want to fight her. And I'll be honest with you, as much as I like, I, they're both friends of mine. But I would even give more of the edge to Chris Cyborg because if Kayla Harrison can't take you down, how legit is her striking? That's the only thing I got to say. I'm not taking anything away from her because you can never doubt a two time Olympic champion or an Olympic champion for that reason. But remember, we're doing the sport of mixed martial arts, and I have to see more elbows, knees, kicks. Not just judo throws, because I tell you what, Chris Cyborg's experience, and there's something to be said. But that's the fight that I want to see. PFL, Bellator, let's make this fight happen. It could happen because Bellator's teamed with Risen. We've seen it before. They're not afraid to cross-promote. And with that said, let's end this thing with your king speech. This is your final moment to tell us all why Zhang Wei Li will be and new at MSG. Ooh, well, let me tell you something. Wei Li is just a whole nother fighter, man. I, I'm talking about when it comes to mind-body science, it's like the competitive edge that Triple C is giving her. I mean, she's working with this uh, mental coach by the name of Mike said, Mike, that is making a huge difference in her career. Let her know that, hey, there's an acceptance piece of, of, of retaining that bout. And I told Wei Li, I said, listen, man, you're in anime territory. Stop thinking this is Asia or Japan or China where it's straight and honest. Says, no, America's different. And you got to see it that way. They want you to lose. They don't like you. Let's work on these techniques. Let's work on these tactics. So we've been doing everything right, Schmo. She's going to be a whole new fight. I, want to, I don't want to tell you guys the game plan, but you guys will hear and new. And that wraps up this week's episode of the Triple C and Schmo Show. What is your name? I am Triple C. I am the Schmo. We will deliver. And we are. Ah!